This is Paul Schneiderman today on the 58th edition of Sports and Stuff on RainierAvenueRadio.world. Today I have two very special guests. One is a prominent children's sports author right next to me at our Seattle studio, Thatcher Hildring. Another guest by phone today is a prominent middle school librarian in Ohio, Karen Yingling. We're going to have a discussion today all about children's sports books. Should be a fun discussion. Before I go further with this interview, I want to recognize my engineer today, Chad Anderson. Chad is a host of a new uh, rap show at RainierAvenueRail.world. We have a lot of good things going on in our sports department. We have shows hosted by Rick Dupree, a show hosted by Granville Emerson, Rolot Laurent. They co-host a fun show called Lidline Sports. Masvita Marari is the host of a Seattle Sports Weekly show. Pat McCarthy, Masvita co-host a show on the Seattle Metro Sports Conference, and Mark Bryant has a fitness-based show, Fitness Corner, Juan Cotto, and Mike Cobrizzi have a show. Uh, my Sports and Stuff show has been around now for over two years and a lot of fun. Most of my interviews are on my law firm website, pluslawoffices.com, and they're on Mixcloud. You can follow me on Twitter at pluslawoffices.com and on Facebook. Well, Thatcher Hildring, gentleman next to me, is based in Seattle. He's married with two kids. He attended the University of Washington. He now works at the UW in the marketing, as a marketing communications manager at the University of Washington School of Medicine. Thatcher has written four children's sports books that have received national acclaim from the Washington Post, Kirkus Reviews, and other pundits. Thatcher's book, Toby Wheeler, Eighth Grade Benchwarmer, which I finished this week, has been endorsed by the great basketball coach Phil Jackson. My second guest today, Karen Yingling, is a cross-country coach, coach and a middle school librarian near Columbus, Ohio. She's a specialist in middle school reading. Karen has reviewed children's books for the School Library Journal and Young Adults Book Central. She was a panel moderator in a 2017 discussion about sports books. Karen actually uh, was interviewing a podcast, one of Thatcher's books, The Football Girl, um, we're going to have a great conversation today, and I don't think we can do much better on discussion about sports, children's books, with these two great guests. Uh, Karen and Thatcher, thank you both for coming on Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio. Thanks, Thanks for having for me, Paul. Thanks for putting me in, Coach. Thanks, Karen. Well, here's my first question for both of you. And when I think of American children's sports novels... I'm speaking through my own lens here a little bit. I'm thinking about growing up in the 70s and 80s. I think of the author, Matt Christopher, who died back in 1997 at age 80. His sports novels were written mainly for elementary and junior high kids. Uh, I read a bunch of his books. I want both of you to share a little bit about the influence of Matt Christopher in the subject of children's sports literature. And can Matt Christopher be properly known as the uh, pioneer of children's sport, American children's sports books. Let's start with you, Thatcher, and I want to hear what Karen has to say about Matt Christopher's influence. Sure. Well, as a kid growing up, I definitely read uh, Matt Christopher. Um, but, uh, and yeah, I think he could be called um, a, you know, a pioneer in sort of figuring out that you could tell great stories and um, tell great stories about life uh, through sports. Um, so I certainly uh, appreciate that, and I think anybody writing sports fiction for kids uh, now owes a, owes a debt to a certain extent to Matt Christopher. Karen, give us your librarian take on Matt Christopher as a middle school librarian. I think Christopher certainly popularized sports tales, um, but he, there were certainly a lot of others before him. There's a great book by Michelle Nolan called Ball Tales, 
that covers uh, sports fiction from the 1930s through the 1960s. And I think a lot of people who grew up earlier than the 70s are familiar with a lot of other ones. But certainly Christopher is a very big force in children's literature. Why do you think he seems to get most of the attention when a lot of people analyze the history of American children's sports books? Go ahead, Thatcher. He must have struck a nerve. I mean, I think he found the formula. He was doing something right, maybe at a time that, uh, you know, readership was increasing, that uh, sports viewership was increasing, and everything sort of came together. And he, uh, um, whatever he did, he did it, he did it well. And a lot of people uh, remember that. You hold on to those things from your childhood. Karen, a little more on Matt Christopher you want to add? I, I had a question for both of you. Why does he seem to get so much attention as a children's sports yeah. author? Um, he was very prolific, and he wrote over a very long period of time. There's an exquisite biography of him by his sons um, that talks about all that he went through in order to write his books. And he, he never gave up. And I think that he just hit the market with so many titles that he, you can't ignore him. Well, I love the background you provide, Karen, and learning a little bit more about this author and some other children's sports authors. This is Paul Schneiderman, host of Sports and Stuff on RainierAvenueRadio.world with children's sports author Thatcher Hildering and a librarian, Karen Yingling, based in Ohio. Okay, here's my next question for both of you. And this is going to be, I imagine, I'm going to get a lot of feedback on this question. And I kind of, I like to be a provocateur sometimes. So I want to get both your thoughts to this kind of question topic. All right, a lot of people have some strong feelings about youth sports. Little League sports have become a big industry in many ways. Some people believe that youth sports leave a lot of kids out and discourage, that sports can be way overly emphasized in our society. They can get out of control. How do both of you react to some educators, parents, and others who may feel, hey, we don't want kids spending too much time reading sports books. It's just perpetuating the madness of sports in our society. Give me your thoughts on that, Thatcher. I want to get Karen's thoughts. I can certainly see um, all sides of that. And you make a couple of great points, Paul, that uh, number one, there's some serious equity issues um, in sports. For example, uh, you know, club, club soccer and any club sport that, you know, charges a lot of annual fees. And there's some access issues related to that. Um, even some, I think, representation issues probably within sports, uh, sports um, literature itself is probably a problem too. And certainly the, uh, every parent trying to get their kid a scholarship issue and really overdoing it in that respect. Um, but let's not uh, throw out the good with the bad here. I think, um, um, you know, to, to a much larger extent, there's so much positive uh, in youth sports and so many wonderful stories to tell. Um, I tell, um, you know, I tell kids that I'm coaching that uh, I, I think that sports is one of the purest expressions of, of the human spirit. It's just who you are out there. Um, and, you know, you can't hide from it. You can't lie about it. Um, it tells us everything about, about who you are, and that's just a way to prove what you're capable of and practice all of those life skills that are going to be with you um, forever, you know, whether it's sort of teamwork or perseverance or dealing with adversity, dealing with success. Um, sports is the ultimate platform for, for dealing with all of those things, I think. So, Karen, what is your reaction? What is your rebuttal or reaction to that broad question about how some people may frown on kids reading too much about sports? Give, give me your feedback uh, on that. Yeah, that seems very odd to me, actually, not really being in the sports world, being more on the book end. 
it seems to me that the elite sport athletes are a very rare occurrence. Um, I'm in a middle school in a very suburban area, and we had trouble last year getting enough kids on our football team. So to say that reading about sports is somehow putting an overemphasis on it seems odd. Um, but I'm with uh, Thatcher that so many kids in middle school have so much identity tied in with the sports. I think it's good for them to see that. I don't think it contributes to any kind of pressure. Fair enough. I think Thatcher had something else to add. I think two other things, too, and I, agree, I certainly agree with what Karen's saying. Um, number one is I think as, a, as an author, um, one of the things I appreciate is the opportunity to um, bring something positive to the overall narrative about sports, right? We can sort of control the story within, within the pages of our book um, and tell, um, you know, tell constructive stories about sports and keep it a positive thing. Uh, the other thing I think about sports books um, is actually I think it is a it's an entry point into sports, a safe entry point into sports for a lot of kids who might not feel like they're physically confident enough to play. It's still a way to participate um, in that world and to sort of enjoy the experience of sports. Um, that is excellent. Yes. Um, you know, as a as a reader, and I think that can be just as fulfilling um, as competing on the field. You know, sometimes asked questions, like I mentioned a couple minutes ago, it doesn't mean I agree with the premise of the question, but sometimes I mm-hmm. think you can get some dialogue based on a question, and both of you gave interesting answers. Paul Schneiderman, host of Sports and Stuff on RainierAvenueRadio.world with children's sports author Thatcher Hildring, based here in Seattle, and middle school librarian Karen uh, Yingling. Okay, so... My lens, I guess, as a kid, when I was, I was a kid in the 1970s and 80s, so that, we can't help it. We all have our own lens of how we grew up and where we grew up. You definitely want to try to broaden those lenses, but sometimes our perspective can come, our perspectives can come from, from where we grew up and the era we grew up in. So when I was growing up, I remember that Matt Christopher's books would be in libraries and bookstores, but there weren't, from what I recall growing up, tons and tons of children's sports books. But now you go to a bookstore, you go online, you go to a library. There's a lot more children's sports books. How do both of you explain that there's so many more children's sports books these days than were, say, even 20, 30 years ago? Go ahead, um, Daniel, then we'll get to Karen. Or I'm sorry, Thatcher. Your brother's name is Daniel. My bad. Well, I have to think that the um, uh, that the overall popularity of sports among kids has also increased and expanded over the decades. Um, you know, there, there are more sports to watch. There are more channels to watch sports on. There are more opportunities to go to um, and, and to participate in sports. So I think that naturally um, uh, sort of uh, filters its way to, to books as well. Um, and it makes sense to me. Um, it, you know, literature... And sports just go together so well. All the components that make sports interesting also make literature great. I'm talking about, you know, sort of logical plotting, um, you know, tension, um, strong character, uh, adversity. They go together so well that um, it would almost be odd to me if there weren't lots of books about sports uh, on the shelf. Uh, another, another trend I've noticed, and I'd be interested in Karen's perspective on this also, over the last... 10 years um, is some real brand name uh, nationally known writers who have taken up writing um, 
youth sports fiction. Um, for better, for worse, for uh, more of a um, <laughs> um, uh, you know a mid-list author like myself who does who can't sort of compete with um, sort of these national names. But um, I think that's been a um, a factor contributing to, um, to to youth sports literature as well. Karen, anything else to add on this kind of larger volume of children's sports books than ever before? Yes, I think that, and I am of the same era that you are, during the, the 60s and 70s, there were not as many books published. When I was in middle school, I was reading books that were published in the 1940s because there were not a lot of new things published. Now all manner of topics have many more books. Um, and I, I, although I have seen a lot more in sports, in the last 20 years that I've been a librarian. So you're not hallucinating that. Great feedback from both of you, just learning more about um, why there's so many more children's sports books than ever before. And and Karen's point about the publishing is fascinating because I I remember being in school in the 1970s and early 80s and seeing all these books from like 50 years before. I think Thatcher would else to add. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just the other, the other point I think as I'm thinking about it, the books I grew up with, um, you know, particularly I'm thinking like Judy Bloom, um, even just the idea of a category of literature devoted to the issues of youth growing up um, itself was novel. And um, I think that sports is now sort of a natural extension of that. But I wanted to just, you know, remember that, that even the idea of books about kids and what they're dealing with as young teenagers was, was new even, you know, 30 years ago. If you're just tuning in, this is Paul Schneiderman on RainierAvenueRadio.world. My show is Sports and Stuff. I have author Thatcher Hildring and middle school librarian Karen Yingling as my great guest today. So, Karen, um, you did a podcast. You were interviewing a podcast about Thatcher's book, The Football Girl. I haven't had a chance to read that book, but I did finish Thatcher's book this week, uh, which I really enjoyed, Toby Wheeler, 8th grade benchwarmer. And we're in a unique position here where I have a reviewer on this show with the author, Thatcher. The reviewer is Karen. And I know you've read thousands of children's books. Why don't you share us a little bit about Thatcher's book, The Football Girl, and what you appreciated so much about it? Um, For one thing, anytime I can get a book that appeals equally to boys and girls, it's a wonderful thing. And I was looking up some of the reviews of Thatcher's book on Goodreads, and I thought it was very unusual that there were a lot of librarians and teachers who read his book and reviewed it. If you go on Goodreads and you look up things by Tim Green or Mike Lupica, you'll see my review and the review of 412-year-old boys. Um, So I like that it appeals to a wide audience. Uh, And it was a good story, and it involved a girl who runs cross-country which was what really drew me to it. And you're a cross-country coach, too, aren't you, Karen? Uh, yes. Gotcha. What, why don't you share with us, Thatcher, a little bit about um, the football girl, and why don't you also share with us a little bit how the sports culture in Seattle, if any, in any way, played a role in your decision to write sports books? Let's see. Let me take those one at a time. Fair enough. Um, well, the football girl, yeah, that was the most recent book, I wrote, um, uh, and like a lot of stories, it, it started as something completely different. The main character, Tessa, I had in mind as a, as a more minor role. In fact, what I really wanted to write about was a boy who, um, for certain circumstances, ended up on, um, on the girls' soccer team. 
and what that would have been like to be competing against girls as the only boy on the team. Um, sometimes the story leads you, you know, as the writer. And what happened was I ended up with this character, Tessa, who, um, you know, wanted to play football. The interesting thing that I went through as I was sort of plotting this out was that actually a girl playing football right now is not exactly revolutionary. Right. Right? It does happen. Not at all, no. Um, mostly um, in the kicker position. So as a wide receiver, it's a little more unusual. But it's still not um, front page news anymore. And so it was kind of fun for me to sort of balance that, that maybe the point of the story is it's not that big a deal. And um, and then what do you do with that, right? Um, and then I really enjoyed uh, being able to tell the story from a couple of different perspectives. Her, um, I guess, her significant other, Caleb, is the other is the other main character, and uh, sort of enjoyed thinking about what that would be like as a, a, a sort of a promising football player with uh, family expectations suddenly being on the on the team with your uh, with your first girlfriend. Yeah, I, I look forward to reading your book. Paul Schneiderman, again, host of Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio. I look forward to reach, reading your great book, uh, The Football Girl. And let me ask you something, Thatcher, about your book, which I finished yesterday. Um, Toby Wheeler, 8th Grade Benchwarmer. I mean, my gosh, a book about an 8th grade kid on the bench on a sports team. Believe me, did I relate to that. So I think a <laughs> lot of kids can relate to that. And Thatcher, when you wrote that book, was part of your raising in writing that book, it must have been beyond sports. It must have been addressing some age-related challenges that junior high kids go through. Was that part of your purpose of writing the book? The Toby Wheeler 8th grade bench warmer, honestly, was based on my life as a 12th grade bench warmer. Um, almost everything that happened to Toby in that book, everything he thought, everything he saw, everything he felt, um, connected pretty directly to experiences I had um, as a senior walk-on on my, uh, my high school basketball team. And I really enjoyed that experience. It was a positive one for me. I felt like a fan who had really good seats and got to ride on the team bus. And so uh, in a lot of ways, it was actually kind of exhilarating. And once in a while, I got a little bit of playing time. But the, the, I think the point to me was that this was a perspective in youth sports um, and in literature that uh, I felt like I wanted to bring. Um, we would talk about it maybe as you know point of view if you were te teaching a language arts class. And this was just about what does the game look like? What does the world look like from the end of the bench? Not the star player, not the parent, not the coach, um, but, but from the end of the bench. Um, and then it was a way to, you know, bring up some, um, I think, some, you know, life lessons that, you know, apply to life and, and, and to sports. You know, the idea that it takes all 12 guys, you know, to win one game or, you know, whatever role it is you've been cast in, play it and play it well and be excellent. I really enjoyed it. And the book was endorsed by the great coach Phil Jackson, as I mentioned in, in, the, in the introduction of this interview. So I recommend the book to the listeners, and I recommend that people take a look at Thatcher Heldering's books and also take a look at some of Karen Yingling's interviews and work. So I'm going to back up here for a minute. I want to talk a little bit more about some other subjects, but this is a question I'm going to ask Karen first, and I want Thatcher to opine on it as well. Karen, you work at a school as a librarian. Do you think there's more academic acceptance among librarians and other academics of youth sports books these days than there was, say, even 20, 30, 40 years ago? I don't think that there's ever been an unacceptance. 
Um, I think that a lot of times teachers and librarians don't necessarily read the books because they are not themselves big fans. I think librarians today are much more in tune with getting books that children want to read. So I think that we are, you know, we're seeing more in the market, we're seeing more on the shelves, and certainly I think it is helping our children read more books. What do you think, Thatcher? Is there more academic acceptance you find of children's sports books than, say, a couple earlier generations? Uh, I, I sense what uh, – I, I tend to agree um, just you know, with what Karen's saying, that um, if you can get a quality book and a quality story um, into the hands of a reluctant reader uh, or any reader, that's a victory, right? And as, I think as long as the story is well told, um, that, that's what really matters. I I do sense um, – I can't – back it up real well i do sense a little bit that um if there is a barrier it's that um maybe not all sort of librarians are sort of hardcore sports fans and so that's that's sort of something to to evolve but um um i agree i think it's you know the goal is to get good books into the hands of readers Good feedback. Paul Schneider again on Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio dot World with Karen Yingling, middle school librarian, and Thatcher Hildering, sports author. Yeah, I, you know, when I asked that question, and your, your answers were both interesting, it just seemed when I was growing up that maybe sports among educators was a little just less emphasized in general. But, you know, times change, and there's, there's all sorts of reasons, as both of you have shared, with the proliferation of, of more children's sports books. So, Thatcher, back to you. You've written four children's sports books, I believe. Is that correct? Four is correct, yeah. Okay. And um, which of the four that you wrote do you, would you say you enjoyed the most writing? Wow. Good question. I think, you know, um, I've heard authors joke that um, you're, if you have multiple books, it's kind of like your kid's. And you hope nobody ever asks you which one is your favorite. And um, just like raising all of your kids is a, a unique experience, so is writing each of the books. Um, so they've, they've all been different. Um, I think the first one, and I think this is true of a lot of storytellers in a lot of different formats or media, um, the first one is the closest to my personal story. Um, and then the others were... The Toby Wheeler book. The Toby Wheeler book. And then the others were sort of explorations of maybe perspectives I hadn't necessarily had firsthand. Real quick question, the Toby Wheeler book, and I know it was kind of semi-autobiographical. Did you, co- did you date the coach's daughter? That part was made up. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. That was, that was a fun part of the book, though. Paul Schneiderman, again, if you're tuning in a little late on Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio with author Thatcher Hildering and librarian... Karen Yingling. Okay, this is for Karen, and I'm going to have Daniel get on get on this question as well. What are a couple of your favorite nonfiction children's sports books, Karen? Um, there is an excellent one uh, by Philip Coos uh, that's Addicts, Ro- Oscar Robinson, and the basketball team that awakened a city. Um, you know, set in the 1960s, and don't ask me the city because I now forget now that you've asked me that. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, Andrew Moranis has a couple that are out. Um, I do more um, fiction than nonfiction um, because, you know, the nonfiction, if it's about concussions, it's about concussions. Well, why don't you share with us, and I'm going to ask Thatcher the same questions, a couple sports fiction books for youth 
that you have enjoyed over the years besides Thatcher Heldering's great book? Um, I I love Carl Duker. Uh, he has you know Runner, a whole bunch of other things. Um, there's one by Michael Curander called Running Full Tilt, which of course involves cross country that I like. Um, let's see, Rich Wallace has a lot of series for younger kids, as does David A. Kelly. Um, Jeff Herbach does a really, really excellent young adult sports story, as does Paul Volpone. So there's so many of them, and I just, I just like to have all the sports books so that I can hand them to kids. So much fun to have some of these other, some of these other sports authors' names mentioned. All right, Thatcher, it's your turn. Mention a couple good nonfiction children's sports books that you've enjoyed and a couple other good children's sports books other fictional that you've enjoyed besides your great books. Yeah, let me go right to fiction. And Karen mentioned Rich Wallace, and I, um, I'm not sure that I would actually be uh, an author and a sports author without Rich Wallace. Um, I, I just think he um, he's so underappreciated, um, and I identify most with his um, young adult fiction um, that. Um, by meaning that fiction um, that had a little bit more ma- sort of mature content was more you know more of a junior high high school audience than my books, but he um, just has such a powerful and yet simple subtle way of bringing together sports and life in ways mm-hmm. that feel um, so lived in and so real. Um, and uh, I just, you know, sort of really always, you know, admired that. And it Rich really Wallace. resonated with Rich Wallace. Okay. And that really resonated with me. And um, I won't say I try to emulate it because that's him and I'm me. But uh, it, um, it really struck a chord with me. Any nonfiction sports books you've enjoyed over the years for kids? I've enjoyed watching my kids learn about um, all sorts of uh, historical sports figures, um, particularly through the the Who Was books. Um, it's just a series of actually, I think, um, really well done sort of simple autobiographies for you know um, middle elementary school kids. So everybody from you know uh, Jackie Robinson to you know Muhammad Ali. Um, and you know anybody in the, in the in the middle, I think that's been a wonderful introduction to all those figures and and the and the real um, role they played in um, in actual human history. I've seen some of those young children's books based about Jackie Robinson, some of those sports icons, and those are pretty good gift idea books, I think. Well, we're getting close to winding this down. What do we have about two minutes left, Chad, or so? A couple minutes left. Okay. Well, I'm gonna. I got about a minute left. So, Karen, I want your feedback real quickly. We only have so much time left on what you see happening in the future with children's sports books. And Daniel, I'm sorry, Daniel Thatcher. I want you to share uh, what's in your future with children's sports writing. Go ahead. Start, Karen. Go ahead first. I'm seeing a lot more um, diverse books. So we have uh, lots of different cultural backgrounds, uh, levels of ability. Uh, and there's actually another book coming out in January called by Sarah Hennings called Throw Like a Girl. Uh, that's another girl on a football team. So we're seeing hopefully more girl sports and, you know, so that all kids can see themselves on the cover of a book. Absolutely important to have more girl sports books. Okay, what's in your future, Thatcher? Oh, I know I've got more stories in me. Um, I don't have anything specific to reveal right now, but uh, um, I can't wait to tell them. Well, I really enjoyed this interview. It's been fun as a sports radio host to do a show on children's sports books. Thank you so much, Karen and Thatcher, for coming on Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio. Thanks, Paul. Thanks.